There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Talkin' Titans podcast. I'm Ben Arthur, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean, joined by my colleague, sports columnist Gentry Estes. Um, you know, we're back. Um, getting into the flow of things with the podcast. We'll be back week um, to week. And this episode, we'll be previewing uh, training camp, uh, Titans training camp, which begins next week, talking about what we're looking forward to and the top storylines heading into camp. And then also how the latest chatter around um, the the COVID-19 vaccine pertains um, to the Titans. Um, But Gentry, I'm excited to kind of get back into this. How are you doing, man? I'm glad to be back talking about the uh, NFL. I've just spent the last week in Hoover at SEC Media Days, which is is a glorious mess anyway, just just every year. Uh, but this year in particular, there were all these issues with, well, you mentioned the vaccines, but the, the name, image, and likeness, you know, all these little flare-ups that are occurring in college sports right now. And then right on top of it, you dumped the 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 torch on the mat the pile of matches with Texas and Oklahoma, apparently leaving the uh, Big Twelve wanting to join the SEC. So um, it was head on a swivel time down there in Hoover. Ben, let's 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 talk a little NFL. It's I'm I'm back in the back in the good good place. Yeah, you you go from all that drama to um, a, a different kind of drama, right? That we we've kind of seen in in uh, the last day or two with um, the NFL, just in terms of the vaccine talk and, and the, the players speaking out against um, the, the recent uh, COVID-19 protocol um, released by the league in a memo um, obtained by the NFL network. So for those of you listening, just so you kind of have, um, you know, background of just what, what's going on. So basically the, this uh, new memo, kind of the new protocol is just the latest, the NFL's latest efforts to further incentivize vaccination, um, you know, for its players and personnel to a point to now where it, it, it's very clearly a competitive disadvantage if um, you're, you're an individual player who decides not to get um, the vaccine or if you're a team who hasn't uh, that hasn't met, um, a, you know, a, that threshold of um, vaccinated players um, kind of in your locker room. So, with the new protocol out, so what one of the one of the first things is that if you have if you're a team and you have an outbreak among unvaccinated players and you can't reschedule and the game has to be canceled and you can't reschedule it within the 18 week season, um, you have to forfeit. Um, if if you have to forfeit, no one gets paid on either. None of the players on either team get paid. Um, it's <laughs> it's yeah. It's once you start you know, getting into the money thing, you know, hurting these players' pockets. And that's when it becomes really real. Um, and so this has, you know, just a whole bunch of protocol that came out yesterday and, you know, a lot of chatter around it, a lot of players coming out, like most notably DeAndre Hopkins, um, you know, from the Cardinals, Matthew Judon, you know, who just joined the Patriots, um, speaking out against it. DeAndre Hopkins was saying, you know, I'm basically indicated that he'd consider retirement, just really crazy stuff. Um, You know, and and I think just this is, you know, this obviously big news for the Titans, like everyone in the NFL. But I think when, you know, with the Titans situation in particular, right, they were the first team to have a COVID outbreak 
Um, last year, they had a game rescheduled, pushed back several weeks, another game rescheduled um, back, you know, postponed several days. Um, so I, I think if you're the Titans, Mike Rabel, um, John Robinson, um, you know, you're, you're stressing your players to protect the team, to, to kind of get the get the vaccine. And, um, you know, you know, Mike Rabel was kind of asked about the whole um, COVID-19 education, the, the, the vaccine education during the offseason program. And he fell short of like saying that he'd recommend players get the vaccine. He, he said, you know, the priority is just kind of the education and whatnot. But I find it really hard to believe with everything that's come out um, and just with what the Titans dealt with last year, that the Titans decision makers aren't pushing for 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 their players to get a vaccine. What what do you think? Gentry? It's a, it's a tough scenario for any any coach or GM in this because clearly it would be a competitive disadvantage to 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 have a lower percentage than other teams where where you're in uh, the 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 protocols are going to be so different if you are vaccinated versus if you are not. And I think you use the word incentivized. I think that was kind of where it was, but now I think we're getting toward mandating as well as the league can without actually saying you must do this. Mm-hmm. And you know, look, that's fine. It, ben, you and I, we've got to be vaccinated to be able to cover the NFL this year. We're going to have exactly. to, we're going to have to be regularly tested for COVID actually to be able to cover camp here for the next few weeks. Correct. Uh, I mean, I mean, yes. I, 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 so, and that's basically something the NFL can mandate as, you know, a, a private organization. And, and I, I think without actually coming out and saying, okay, you, the players have to do it. This is about as close as they can get to that. And I feel like, uh, I, I've not really understood the hesitancy to want to get vaccinated really by anyone. Um, that's just me personally. It's like, well, there's this, deadly virus going around and I can get a shot. That means I don't, you know, the thing I probably won't get it. And if I do, it's probably not going to be a serious, Hey, sign me up. You know, I, I, that's just my opinion, but I know, you know, it's real hard to sit there and say that somebody has to do something if they're not comfortable doing it. And I think teams are going to be faced with this. I think peer pressure will accomplish some of this but I don't think it's going to accomplish all of it. And I think you're going to hear like what Hopkins has said the last day or so. I think you're going to hear more players all season say it. What I hope you don't see is the, the scenario where they end up having to forfeit games. But at this point, it wouldn't shock me uh, college are pro to see that. Yeah. And, and just kind of along, you know, the lines of, you know, players voicing kind of their concerns with, you know, feeling forced into this. I mean, the NFL will go on without them. Like if, even if they are serious, you know, and, and and see the thing with the NFL, right, right? Like you can laud their, you know, their efforts to, you know, take kind of the COVID situation seriously and, you know, do everything they can beside, do everything they can to make the vaccine, you know, the, the biggest priority, you know, for, for, for the players. But, you know, this ultimately comes down to the NFL protecting its pocketbooks, right? You know, this is billionaires saying, don't mess with my money. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is about protect the business. So so I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. And, and, and money talks and, you know, a lot of players surely and, and you, we've all seen the reports about players, you know, kind of being frustrated. But, you know, once you once you start talking about, you know, game checks, stuff like that, I think, you know, we'll we'll see 
you know, play, and we've already seen, you know, more and more players getting, um, getting the shot. I think, you know, the, the NFL network uh, this morning re- reported that um, uh, at least 80% of players have gotten at, um, their first shot. So I think that just kind of goes to show, you know, just what the NFL has done, just with how they've incentivized it and essentially mandated it w- without kind of saying it that, you know, players, feel like they, they can't hurt the team. So we're, we're in a situation where, you know, we, we have seen, you know, kind of higher numbers of players, you know, get get vaccinated or are in process of getting vaccinated. But Gentry, to kind of shift to um, specifically kind of more football talk, you know, training camp uh, begins, the practices begin Wednesday, um, you know, for, for the Titans. What are you kind of looking forward to um, as as the Titans kind of get going on this 2021 season in, in terms of the position battles? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, really my first question is going to be how healthy are they? And I think that's been something we've talked about a good bit here over the summer that the, the Titans are entering this with several very key players who could be be very important uh, to their success or failure this season who are not healthy. Uh, entering preseason, most notably Bud Dupree, the edge rusher there. They they signed to fill arguably the biggest need on the team, um, and the cornerback they drafted in the first round to arguably arguably fill the other biggest need on the team. Uh, is Caleb Farley going to be ready to go by the first game? Is Bud Dupree going to be back to what the Titans signed him to be and what he was a lot of the time in Pittsburgh? I think those are two really really big questions probably more than any position battle going into this. The Titans are going to need these guys and they're going to need to be healthy, especially uh, on the back end defensively. You got Farley, uh, Christian Fulton, maybe some other guys uh, in the secondary. You need, you need them to be full go. You need their, their best because you're, you know, you lost Malcolm Butler, Dory Jackson. There's some real questions in the secondary. You need these guys out there and you need them to get used to playing with Kevin Byard and Janoris Jenkins and some of their, their teammates. So there's, you know, better continuity, I guess, and, and communication on the back end. That was a big problem last year. It could be again this time. Yeah, defense is, you know, as you alluded to, definitely a, something to, you know, monitor as we head into camp. Like I'm, you know, defense has been the issue, but I'm also very interested in, in seeing kind of how the, the offense starts to come together. And I think one of the big questions is exactly how are the 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 titans going to manage derrick henry's workload more um in in 2021 over the last three years um you know I- including playoffs he's had more carries than any other running back um by a wide margin like it's not even close like more than 100 carries more than the second leading back and so and and, and then you look at the addition of a 17th game in 2021, I think it's going to be really critical for you know, the Titans to get a lot out of kind of the backup, you know, running back room. So, so I'm looking at a guy like Darrington Evans, who had a, you know, his rookie season was, uh, you know, just riddled kind of with injuries. He only played five games, never really got into a rhythm, but um, you know, he, the, the Titans spoke well of him in the off season program. We saw him doing receiving stuff. The, the Titans aren't running backs coach. Tony Dews was talking about how, you know, the, the Titans have kind of been giving him film cutups of like these receiving tight backs, three down back type of guys, Rex Burkhead, um, Naheem Hines, 
guys like that, you know, a vision of what Darrington Evans could be. So, you know, he's someone I'm going to be definitely looking, you know, closely um, toward um, in camp. And then you, you bring in a guy like Brian Hill, um, who is RB2 for the Falcons last year. You know, I'm looking at him as well. And then, you know, it's going to be fun to see, you know, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones finally kind of hit the field together because A.J. Brown had been sidelined uh, during the offseason program with uh, the the knee surgeries he's had in after the season. So um, so th- those are kind of the, the two things, I think, for me. I, and then, you know, obviously the, the O-line, the D-line, you know, they're going to have pads on. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at a guy like Dylan Radins, who really impressed the Titans during the the offseason program. Like what he's could could he be the starting right tackle entering the season? And then on the D line, right, you know, you have Danico Autry p- to pair with Jeffrey Simmons. But I think there's still a lot of question marks about that nose tackle position. And it's it seems like that that's one of the most wide open battles on the team, just in terms of competition wise. So. They're they're gonna miss Daquan Jones there. I think that was an yeah. underrated guy. I, I do, and and I think that second cornerback spot to me is the one I'm I'm really gonna keep an eye on because again, you don't know who's going to be out there. I think they they would probably like it to be Caleb Caleb Farley, but we don't know he's gonna be healthy and ready to go. So if it's not him, then who is it? And and that was the problem all last year too. You had Malcolm Butler on one side, and you knew that, and then you had a rotating cast on the other side. Um, and most frequently, it was Brown Borders, uh, undrafted free agent they brought in, who played pretty well, well enough to still be on the team right now. I think he's got a shot to still be that guy. But you needed, uh, you know, everybody wants to talk about the offense, and I think throughout training camp, from a national perspective with the Titans, I think that's what's going to happen. I think when you watch the NFL Network. You're going to hear about Julio with AJ and Derrick Henry and Tannehill and and all that. But if you really want to look at what will determine how good this team is this year, it's going to be the defensive side of the ball and especially the secondary because they were awful uh, defensively most of last season. I'm just saying they, they were. They couldn't rush the passer and they couldn't cover. So when you can't do either one of those two things, every quarterback you play is a huge threat and they will not be able to – to again win as many games. They, they will not be able to again win 11 games if they do that again this year. I don't care what they have offensively. They, every game can't be a shootout anymore. They needed to get better defensively, and I think they did. From a personnel standpoint, they have better players on that side of the ball than they did a year ago, but they need them to be healthy, and they need them to be healthy enough to get on the field together this preseason and learn what everyone else is doing. That's How many times did we hear that, Ben, all through OTA so far? Uh, you know, I want to learn what everyone else is doing it's like it's it's all it's a it's about what i'm doing but also the the defense working together so everyone's on the same page that that's lingo of a group that was lost last season one that lacked a true coordinator and lacked any coordination so i think that's important to get them on the field together in august and kind of as we you know end this episode um you know just kind of wanted to bring up the kicking game right i think that's going to be that's something. And I know we've kind of talked about this in the past, too. Like, I mean, the kicking game has been a roller coaster the, the last couple of years, uh, you know, with Steven Gaskowski, you know, this this past year and then the year before that kind of rotated between a few guys. It, the kicking game has to be better this year. And then we don't really know what exactly they're getting right, because you have two unproven guys, Tucker McCann 
who was on the practice squad last year and then, you know, was kind of hurt on the practice squad at the end of the year. And then you drafted um, the kid from Ohio State or not drafted, excuse me, another undrafted uh, rookie. And so so that'll be interesting to watch. I think the long snapper Morgan Cox is maybe the one of the most underrated signings um, the Titans have made. You know, be snapping is a huge part of the kicking process. So be something to monitor for sure um, as the Titans get into the season. But we'll see, um, we'll see about kicker. They haven't been any good at kicker for a while now. This has been an issue yeah. the last two, last two seasons. So if Tucker McCann's good enough to to be the guy, then then so be it. But uh, they haven't. That used to be a strength for the Titans too. I mean, Ryan Suckup was was good enough to secure that spot for a while and then he gets hurt and all of a sudden they're bringing in all these different people and they've yet to really figure it out. Meanwhile, Ryan Suckup goes to Tampa and wins a Super Bowl while the Titans still struggle to replace him and I'm not sure they have yet. Yeah. Cairo Santos, just on top of that, Cairo Santos, who was also kicking for the Titans in 2019, went on to the Bears and had a really good season um, as well. So it's kind of a slap in the face for sure. But, um, but this will pretty much wrap it up from us. You know, for this edition of the Talking Titans podcast, um, we hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play or wherever it is you get your podcast and drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. From Ben Arthur and Gentry Estes, thanks for listening. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean.